Hi, everyone, and welcome back to yet another cracking edition of the Matt Brown Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series, where we are talking to entrepreneurs, CEOs, all about their epic business blunders. And with us in the hot seat today is Andrew Cole. He is the CEO of Backbox, backbox.com. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Good to see you. Good yeah, man, here. likewise, dude. So obviously, you've been following the show and stuff. So let's get into the elevator pitch. What exactly uh, are you up to there at uh, Backbox? Yeah, I love this question because uh, I like to say we create or bring clarity to chaos. And what I mean by that is what Backbox does. We do network backup and recovery, but we also do network security device and network device automation. So give you a quick example. If you're a corporate enterprise, you've probably got one or two or multiple networks that run within your enterprise. Mm -hmm. On those networks are hundreds, if not thousands of devices, routers, switches, firewalls. Making number one, if your if your network goes down, um, business stops. People say data is the lifeblood of a company, but the network's the backbone. So without the network, data doesn't flow. So we can with our our backup and recovery uh, automation tool, it brings the back the network all the way back up as it was configured before it went down, and it does that fairly instantaneously. The second piece is the automation component. With all those hundreds or thousands of devices that sit on the network, we automate the process to do all the OS upgrades, the patches, ensure that all the vulnerabilities are addressed. Um, if you were doing that by hand, it would take you thousands of man hours per year, and we can do things that might take 4,000 man hours and do them in four man hours. So tremendous productivity savings. Very, very cool. Very succinct elevator pitch. Well done. <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate that. <laughs> So who are you typically working with? I mean, is it is, is it enterprise, every type of customer, is mid-market? Like what's what's your deal there? Yeah, that's an interesting distinction. We we do mostly mid-market and what I'll call small enterprise all the way up to medium-sized enterprise. And so the SMBs, the small businesses, those usually are not our sweet spot, but the mid-market, then you start getting into a thousand. 2,000, 5,000 plus devices. That's where we do really well. One of our largest customers has um, almost 50,000 devices within their environment. Um, and, and we also focus on the uh, service providers, the MSPs. In fact, our largest customer is one of the biggest MSPs uh, in the world. Very, very cool. Alrighty. Yeah. Thanks for that, uh, Andrew. Let's get into the meat and the potatoes of this series. What is your epic story of fail for our audience around the world today? Uh, well, I hope I'll be, I'm going to be really uh, straightforward and share a massive failure. So it's 2005. So this is, I've been in tech my whole career and in um, my, I was fortunate enough to found a company with two other gentlemen in 2001. We ran that for, for a number of years and had a successful exit, but early on, I think four years into from when we founded the company, we had an opportunity to be acquired for a significant amount of money. I'll just tell you, it was a 26 times multiple from what our trailing revenue was. So we had all the conversations, we're meeting with the, the potential acquirer, again, in the tech space. And this would have been a life-changing event for everybody in the company. And I was excited about it because everybody in the company was going to get a check. We got to the point, we had the press release drafted. We had, for the for the announcement, we had the CEO of the acquiring company, uh, large company name, by the way, um, gonna come into town, have breakfast with our employees the next day. We had balloons ordered. In my office, I had probably 10 boxes of co-branded backpacks and fleece jackets, uh, because all of this was double top secret. Um, and we were going to have an acquisition party and an acquisition announcement the next day. So that's kind of setting a stage. The fail came uh, 
I'm about to get in the fail piece. Um, it was about two o'clock in the morning. Myself and our CE, our CFO and our corporate attorney were on the phone. We were working out the final details. The attorney says, Hey guys, I got to pause. So-and-so is calling me. So-and-so be in the acquire. He goes away for like 20 minutes and we're like, God, it's two o'clock in the morning. We're exhausted. We want to go to bed. Just get back on the phone. He finally comes back on the phone and says, Hey guys, um, got some bad news deals off. And we're literally five hours away from dropping the press release announcing the acquisition. Um, strategic in nature, big chunk of money, but he wasn't joking. So the deal literally was off. And uh, so that's the failure. I'm happy to answer questions, but the failure there was uh, was significant. And the next day we were just, and again, not everybody knew, but there was a subset of us that were just shell-shocked yeah. and couldn't believe it had happened. Yeah. Well, obviously uh, I've sold a couple of companies, but not at 26 times multiples. <laughs> but, yeah. So congratulations, you win. <laughs> yeah, congratulations for getting there, but not finishing. Yeah, yeah. So my lot, but also I understand that frustration, right? Because it takes like, to get to that point, it's a year, you know, it's like DD and countless meetings and this and that and blah, blah. Um, and then to have it, and by the way, you're not the first guy who's been on this series who said the exact same thing. Uh, oh, wow. was an, yeah, there was another deal, was an acquisition for I think $3 billion, uh, and it was very, like almost the same thing, like lastminute.com, and then it all fell through. So I'm curious to, to understand though from your perspective, not what you learned now, but like why did it fall through? Was there a particular, is, was there more to that? You know, the look, I don't want to speak in cliches. I think the fundamental reason it fell through was miscommunication. Um, we didn't, there was not the the fundamental level of alignment and trust that had to happen between between the two organizations. And there's a lot of nuance in there, but but that's that's what it came down to. It wasn't price. It wasn't because we had actually drove the price up through the negotiations. They they came in and this was going to be an all cash deal too. So um, we it wasn't a price issue. It wasn't a product issue. It wasn't a go to market issue. It was I think just a fundal, fundamental misalignment of really understanding the the wants and desires and the you know, what this outcome really means for both organizations. Mm. So when you think about that whole experience, uh, Andrew, what stands out for you as like a key lesson uh, of fail that you now take forward with you into your business? Yeah, uh, <laughs> attention to detail. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, I used to play basketball, and I'm a big fan of John Wooden and. You know, if anybody knows college basketball, you know, John Wooden or Mike Krzyzewski or any of the great coaches. The number one thing they're going to say is, you know, attention to detail wins games. And, you know, when I look back at what happened, why things didn't happen, there was not enough attention to detail. Even things that I was doing or things that our CFO was doing, you know, there were probably indicators or signs weeks beforehand that were alerting us that, or could have alerted us that the deal might go sideways. Uh, but we didn't, we didn't see that. And I think, you know, there were assumptions made, like I made assumptions, well, you know, he's got this and, you know, she's taking care of that, or, you know, th this person's got this piece covered. And I only would ask questions at the surface level. I didn't get down into the nitty gritty and the guts of, okay, you know, walk me through all these steps. Are these done? If not, what's the timeline? And that's the attention to detail that you've got to have. And when I talked about the misalignment of understanding, 
Yeah, that's a detail issue. I think I think not understanding um, fundamentally, you know, why the why was this important to the CEOs? Why was this important to the, to the then public company uh, that they acquire us? And 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 we missed that. I think we got so enamored and so excited about the opportunity mm. and the fact that every employee was going to get a check, and we were going to be integrated. Our product was going to be integrate integrated on a very you know high demand uh consumer and enterprise device and uh we miss the details so it's attention to details it's it may sound cliche but that lesson i i carry with that that with me to this very day even sitting in this seat because this is my first time as ceo i have to pay attention to details mm, so true hey uh so andrew if you could get into the Matt Brown show time machine and now knowing what you now know, and if you think about that whole, you know, miscommunication thing, the details and all that kind of stuff, and you could now with hindsight, go back to yourself as all this stuff was unfolding, what uh, would you do differently and why? Uh, specifically, I would not be afraid to ask the hard questions. I think back on that whole event and I, I distinctly remember there were questions that I didn't ask that I wish I'd asked mm. again, Part of it was, you know, I was 35 years old, not not that that's, you know, immature in any way, but there were things that I hadn't seen yet or been exposed to. And so I I, I just thought, well, somebody else is going to ask these questions. Or I thought, well, I want to be respectful and not ask a hard question that might make somebody uncomfortable. And hard questions don't have to be confrontational. They don't have to be bad. Hard questions help both sides get to clarity. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, I I think about my broker, you know, because he he spent like, and he was a true legend, you know, Afrikaans guy, very conservative, um, and you know, bust his ass trying to get us that deal, and yeah. unfortunately, like we were we were uh, you know made three deals, and to your point uh, about opportunity, I was all about well, it's, we're worth more than that. Yeah. That's that's where you go. Yeah, yeah, that's where you go wrong. That's like, well, look, let's let's get this thing signed and build another business. <laughs> exactly, you know and, you're gonna, and you're going to have more cash to build that business if you get the first deal signed. Yeah, exactly. Or you can go surfing yeah. in Bali for three years if you want, <laughs> but just take the fucking money, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of like you know your grandparents probably teach you to be humble, or somebody in your life said be humble and. Be thankful for what you get, and there's no, there's nothing wrong with saying that. It's always good to ask for more to see, see, you know, prove out your value. But at some point, you got to say, you know what, this is actually a good deal. Let's just get it done and go. Mm, yeah, I need to actually do another book, Andrew, called uh, "Secrets of Enough." Secret. Oh, that's a good title. I like that. Yeah, I'd read because because basically this series is you're probably like one of the last few guests on the series now because we've done about 130 of these things. Um, and there's a, the book Secrets of Veils coming out this week. So we've kind of done the series, you know. Um, so I'm thinking, I just literally spoke to my producer before the show and I'm like, what are we going to do now? You know, and, and this has come up a lot, like even with that story that I shared for me personally, like how much is enough and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think, especially in the business world, when we are in a capitalistic society right. um, the, and the headlines and, you know, someone's going to listen to your story like 26 times multiple. And then like, why are we only getting a 13? You know, do you know what I mean? Like it, there's all these like funny, like sound bites and tech crunch uh, headlines, like such and such bike riding, share riding thing, you know, raises 50 million valued at 500 billion and they don't even have a fucking customer. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like there's all these capitalistic ideas and it's like, well, but how much is enough actually? 
Yeah, you know? no, that's, that's a, that would be a really interesting read. I'd, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll get a copy if it uh, if you get it. Cool. Well, you're gonna have to come back then because I'm gonna interview oh, you to. about like how much did you like your thinking process around how much was enough and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'll feed that back. But anyway, um, so let's see. Uh, what is your advice, Andrew, to um, you know other CEOs, other entrepreneurs out there about um, you know uh, the importance of failing or failure in becoming successful in business? Um, two, two things. Number one, own it and own it fast and move on. Don't dwell on it. I mean, shit's going to happen. Sorry, stuff's going to happen. You're going to make mistakes. Um, you can't avoid it, but it's how you recover from those. And, you know, I think there's a cheesy line in a Rocky Balboa Moa movie where he says, it's not how hard you get hit, but how you get back up or something like that. Mm. And look, the reality is, is like, we make bad choices every day, whether it's you get the wrong cup of coffee at Starbucks and you wish you'd ordered something different you move on, don't dwell on it. So, I mean, that, that's the first thing is just accept it, own it, put a plan in place. And uh, so it doesn't happen again. And then the second thing is when you do make mistakes and this one's really important, I think is you've got to communicate. You've got to communicate um, to, to those around you, your ecosystem, your shareholders, your board of directors, your leadership team, what happened, why it happened. Um, be self-aware enough to, to, to talk through it. Because if you don't talk about it, if you don't communicate it, either the story is going to get enlarged and manipulated and it's going to hurt your your positioning um, or it's the story and the failure is going to continue to own you. So part of that is a therapeutic process, but part of that is also talking with people to make sure that you have a clear understanding how to get past it. Mm. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, you obviously have a sizable business. When you think about your leadership team as an example, how much does this fear of failure play into decision making? Would you suggest? You know, I don't know if there's um, a fear of failure. It's um, and, and maybe there is. We we try not to talk about it too much. Tra- talk about hey, you know, failure. We try. We t- we're trying to build velocity in our business, and so. You know, the, I'm really fortunate. We've got a great team from you know office manager up to the executive staff and everybody in between. Um, people understand we're trying to move fast and build a business and that mistakes are going to happen, but course correct quickly, own it and move on. And so I don't know that, and, and I'm, and I've communicated directly and tried to tell everybody, Hey, it's okay to make a mistake. I make mistakes all the time. Just don't hide it and don't dwell on it and let's learn from it. And so I think we've got a pretty open culture that is uh, is is free to embrace the idea of hey we're going to operate with velocity we're not going to go at you know only sixty miles an hour because we'll get a speeding ticket at seventy five they're like we're going to go at seventy five and maybe we'll go eighty we're going to push the limits and then see what, if we get in trouble that's so cool Andrew what about books tools and uh, resources that you you know that you recommend podcasts stuff like that oh wow um, so one of my favorite podcasts next to this one uh is uh is one called how i built this um which i enjoy it's just entrepreneurs or leaders uh that's a good podcast there's always learning lessons um uh, so i'll give you the podcast uh on the book side i'm a big fan of history and uh i read a lot of history and you've got to understand the past to understand trends and what's going to happen in the future i would basically just say any history book is a good one uh to read um but in terms of tools and get yourself a good CRM, you know, Salesforce is a good one. You know, we use that internally, um, you know, make sure you got good accounting software, <laughs> good invoicing software. We have one called SAS optics that we use for our invoicing. It's actually got some really 
cool features uh, in it. So for our size, those help. And then, yeah, there's just any, any reading and listening you can do is always a good way to learn. Just yeah. Get history, history, funny enough, was my favorite uh, subject at school. I got like top, top marks, like oh, nice. 97% off of that shit. Um, right. And anyway, so like I'm the same as you. I, and it's funny because come up, literally the guy before you, uh, Larry um, Stewardi, uh, also runs a big commercial, you know, property development business, whatever. And so I've told him to check out this book. And seeing as though you mentioned history, I'll suggest the same one to you. I'll put it on the chat there for you on Zoom. Yeah, uh, no but problem. it's, I don't know if you've read it, but it's Genghis Khan and the Making of the Modern World. I've, I have not read it, but I've got a couple of friends that have, and they've recommended it. So now that you're like number, recommendation number four, it's going on the list. Yeah, so. you must get, you must it. But to see, you don't have to read the whole thing. You must just read the first 50 to 100 pages because that's no, all you be, need to know. You got <laughs> it. That's, that's a quick read. You know, you asked me about books. I will tell you one book that's great. Yeah. Uh, there's two business books, Shoe Dog yeah. by Phil Knight. Yeah. I love that. I mean, he talks about his failures. And then there's another good book called Disney War. And it's about the tumultuous year inside Disney when Michael Eisner was actually ousted. And but I mean, if you want to learn about politics and business decisions and how decisions impact politic business politics, fat and and just a massively successful company, that's a great business read. It it, it reads almost like an episode of Ozark. <laughs> about uh, the death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ozark's an amazing series. Eh? Shit. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I love that guy. He's amazing. In fact, yeah. that whole cast is amazing. Yeah, no, it's it's really well done. Well, look, Andrew, that uh, unfortunately does conclude your time in the hot seat. Uh, love chatting to you, uh, but um, thank you so much for coming on the show, dude. And you know, congrats on all your success there at uh, Backbox. And uh, here's to another exit. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And everybody else, we'll see you again soon. Ciao for now. <laughs> <laughs>